Welcome to the Nuts Show, starring the world's foremost fantasy football expert, certified life coach, personal hero to millions, possible father to dozens, and all-around winningest human breathing today. Sit back, relax, have a drink, and enjoy the orgasm-inducing tones of the one and only Nuts. Look who it is. Look who that it is. Dope. <laughs> Robot voice on there. So uh, if you're listening- voice is that? I always want to know that. Whose voice did you get to do that? Uh, that would be the Cave of Excellence. That's my wife. She is nice. Oh, she, she got sick one day, um, and her voice sounded nice for once. And I thought, you know what? Let's take it. <laughs> so I threw it on the mic. I wrote uh, like 14 pages of notes. Uh, I made her read each of them 14, 15 times. I directed her harshly. It was a fun time for everybody. <laughs> I like it though. That's this dope intro. I like your. Yeah, uh, Thank you. I did it all by myself. Nice. Sort of. You want to take a shot before we get rolling? Let's do it. You pour it. Okay, here we go. You can take whatever you're doing. Up with it. Uh, You got to say the chant. You got to say the chant. Up with it, down with it, and fuck those that's not with it. All right, yeah. Now let's get it. Talk back to your football fantasy, guys. Look, if you're listening now and you're confused because we just had a show and we don't do one but twice every other week, um, I'm overachieving this week. And it's not my fucking fault. I got a couple of guys with me from the Fantasy In Session podcast. If you haven't heard them, go check it out now. Um, we got Carlos and Gabe here with us to talk about rookie drafts, a rookie draft in specific. How the fuck are you guys? Hey, how are you? And thanks for having us on, first and foremost. Pleasure. If you haven't listened to our episode with Dewey's Nuts on it, go back and listen to that. We did the startup episode with him, so this is just the, the redraft of the startup. Best yeah, episode man. ever. In yeah. fantasy and such history. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I've been on a few shows now since yours, and everybody fucking says that when I'm done. I don't know what it is. Yeah, man. <laughs> the alcohol, man. You're you're you're, you're hilarious, bro. That's what it is. <laughs> you bring great energy to the pod, bro. Yeah, if if you haven't listened, I did I did jump on a guy, uh, show with these guys a while back, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so I promised we'd have them on. We are in a dynasty startup league together this season. Um Obviously, it's a startup, so it's the first time. Like Gabe said, we talked about that startup last time. We're going to hit the rookie draft. We just finished it, uh, I, I don't know, four or five days ago. So we're going to go through that, kind of give you the highlights, the lowlights. We're going to talk a little bit about rookie draft strategy and how you might adjust on the fly. We're going to give you some valuable content here, but really, I just wanted to hang out with these guys because uh, they're fun. Y'all are fun. Thanks, Kettleman. Thanks, That's man. Perfect. I've been waiting on this episode, too. Have you? Looking forward to it all. Because yeah. Carlos doesn't drink with me, so I can't be on the episode like <laughs> just drinking by myself and looking like all right, a bro. Ago. So when I come here and you like have your own little like, what yeah, you your personal soundboard that cues the shots for me, like I'm like, all right, this is a place where I feel at home. Yeah, I got, I, I don't know where the fuck that <laughs> is. It's in here somewhere. Hey. <laughs> we'll take another Good shot. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Two things, two things in response today Gabe. you said you couldn't fucking wait for this episode um you were late okay let's just yeah exactly people liar late. <laughs> and, and number two probably more importantly what the fuck is wrong with sitting by yourself taking shots when nobody else is drinking with you ain't nothing wrong with that i don't want to be judged you know because you know i have the navy that navy stuff in my blood so they, you know they don't they don't get it they don't get it terrible what's been going on with you man how you been Dude, my life is fucking terrible right now. How you? How's the coronavirus treating you? How 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 are you making it through? Dude, it's just as bad as you can imagine. I've got a five year old and a seven year old at home. My wife's a teacher, so she's in her little home office, 
fucking skyping all her kids all goddamn day. So I'm 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 a full time parent and I hate every second. Yeah, it's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I fucking hate this. Imagine a whole bunch of dweeds running around. Oh, great. <laughs> wow. Oh. I would give anything to record an hour of that yeah. household, bro. It'd probably be some <laughs> crazy shit going on. That's that's the problem. My wife tells me all the time it's a problem. Both of my boys are just fucking like me. So it's it's just yeah. Oh what? <laughs> I can't stand. Are they into fantasy yet? Huh? Are they into fantasy or football in general yet? My seven-year-old is a huge Clemson Tigers fan. Fucking nice. love How about you guys? You're in Georgia. You 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 belong to the state with the dumbest governor in in the country. How's I don't it? know. I don't know. Santos is up there. You're right. Yeah, Santos you're knew that the, the the virus could be passed even if you're <laughs> asymptomatic though. So I don't know, man. And we and it doesn't make it makes it worse that the CDC is in Atlanta. Yeah. So, bro, <laughs> like, and the up, CDC bro. are not going back to work, so, but everybody else is is crazy. Let's jump into this thing. Um, we've got plenty to talk about. I think I won. I'll just tell everybody right now. I won the rookie draft. Me and my partner, um, Bullfrog, is my partner. In Let me see what I did. I think I, I mean you did have a pretty good one. You did have a good one. Yeah, I had a fucking. Hey, man, listen, before we get into it, before we get into it, can we just take a moment to like? bask in the in the fact that we had like some semblance of football like yes, you know bro. what i'm saying like this last week or two has been it's been great like, like, fuck yeah like, i've been going i just been like i started like we just i just went into another startup drive just because like just just to have some kind of sense of football around you know before you got here i was telling i was telling los i've done four or five rookie drafts now i've got a couple more coming up it's a lot of mm. it's a lot of fun to do just talking about thinking about writing about the nfl draft these new kids coming in it does feel it's pretty refreshing hey, i know i know that uh Deweez, you gave your last um on your last episode you gave the um your favorite rookie that got drafted but since me and los have it um recorded since our rookie draft los who who's your favorite uh draft person like Rookie One guy you need to have there you go. going yeah. after in every in every draft. Oh, I mean that's the easy answer. It's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, haven't had much luck because nobody's trading. You know, if they have the one on one now that he's in Kansas City, nobody's going to trade back unless you just give them. Hey, has he been going the one on one in your drafts? What you see? Yeah, even at Superflex. No, he didn't. Jonathan Taylor went in one on one in one of them. In ours. Uh, okay, so in like seven of eight, John uh Kyle Rosalaire went number one. <laughs> I've seen Twitter go a little crazy about this this CEH versus Jonathan Taylor at the one oh one situation. People are very, very strongly on one side or the other. Do you guys believe he belongs there? I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like a one A, one B type thing, just yeah. with that offense great offensive line they had. Like it's that was the one spot that everybody wanted him to go because Without an offensive line, people were kind of worried. And, you know, he is not used in a pass game as much as you like to see. But I think it's going to be kind of similar to the uh, Nick Chubb's role in Cleveland. He's just going to get so much volume behind that great offensive line that the passing volume is not really going to affect him too much. So it's really just preference to me. Yep. Yep. That's how, that's how I feel, too. I feel like it's more like a I got him more like tiers rather than ranking. Uh, I feel like it goes – uh, Ceh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Depending on how you feel, Swift then tear break. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like whether you go Taylor first or C Ceh, it just depends on you. Because I feel like the biggest knock on Jonathan Taylor coming into the draft was he's not going to be good unless he has the same type of a top two offensive line in the league. Is nothing that says he's going to regress in any form. I think he just goes into 
the same situation that he left. And I, and I think that keeps him at one-on-one for me personally. Well, let's, let's all be honest about this. Like, they're all fucking disappointing. Anybody who was waiting for these running backs to go somewhere – they're all fucking disappointing, right? I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor actually ended up in one, I think, the perfect place. Either Mac has not done anything wrong. Like, I, he's going to play. He's not done anything wrong other than get hurt. He's going to fucking play. They, you can't not put Marlon Mack on a field. He's been I think he's going to be involved, but I don't think he's going to be involved enough to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. It's going to be a while before he's less fantasy relevant than Jonathan Taylor, I think. Hmm. What do you think is a while? Week five, six? That's not that long to me. Not if, bad at all. If you're talking about dynasty wise in a rookie draft, in a di- yeah, in dynasty, my brain always goes redraft first. I've only been in dynasty for a few years. I've been doing redraft for fucking twenty five. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Fair enough. But look, Ceh is in a similar situation, right? The they came out and said the GM just came out and said, um, Damian Williams are starting running back. If Ceh wants to play, he's gonna have to. Uh, he's gonna have yeah. to. This is the same Damian Williams that they drafted Lash- that they uh, went and went and got Lashawn McCoy for. Sure. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't like a guy. They don't like one guy. Reed yeah. didn't like one guy anymore. Talk about I'm, it. Sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. I'm used to being the host. So if I'm taking over, just tell hey, me. You this. shut the fuck up. Okay. This is my goddamn show. Thank you. Open said, Dewey's not says, you don't even talk this much on our show. This is crazy. Hey, this is our first, this is our first time like being a guest. So I'm not, I'm not used to it. So you got to tell me to stop talking, bro. Is this your first time being a guest? Yeah. I'm so happy that you fucking graced my show uh for your for your first but one one thing real quick just listen up my child has something important to say nuts is the man. so shut the fuck up okay <laughs> all, right. all right you got to get a soundboard man they're a lot of fun so let, we're going to jump into this rookie draft here we're not going to go through pick by pick and talk about this but we have some questions that we each kind of addressed uh we'll share first of all i want to know going into this thing what was your rookie strategy um, and if it did, how did it change throughout the course of the draft? We all know that if you go in with a strategy in mind and then you fucking stick to it, you're fucking yourself over. Um, you're closing doors where you shouldn't be doing. So how did it change? How did you adjust sort of as the draft went on? Let's start, uh, let's start with Los and we'll work our way up that, uh, that list. On the well, if y'all remember, if y'all listened to our show that we had Dewey's on previously, that um, in my startup drafts, I like to build around stud receivers. And the reason for that is because they last, you know, they have a longer shelf life than running backs. But for that reason, um, going wide receiver heavy allows me to build my running backs organically through the rookie draft. So with me knowing that I had a, it was uh, definite, I was definitely going to get one of the top five running backs. Then that was just, that was my, my target. Like um, really it just came down to which running back was going to fall for me because before the draft, I felt like, Clyde Edwards Hilaire probably would have made it to where I was at at six. Um, but after the Kansas City um, thing happened, I knew that wasn't he wasn't gonna fall to me. So um pretty much knew it was gonna be between Cam Akers and uh, JK Dobbins and um Cam Akers fell to me and I'm I'm pleased with that. Yeah, are you, I was gonna say, are you happy with that or were you hoping it was gonna be Dobbins? What were you thinking? Uh I think I would I would have wanted Dobbins over Cam Akers just from a dynasty perspective, because I feel like uh this is gonna be Ingram's last year. I think he signed a three-year deal, but I think they have like an out after this year. So after this year, I believe that Mike Ingram will get cut. So J.K. Dobbins has that RB1 top 10 potential. So one of him, but I am completely satisfied with Cam Akers because he goes to a good situation also. Yeah, he did. 
All right, Gabe, hit me. What was your strategy? How did you go into this, and what? How did that adjust as you went? Um, <clears throat> I went into this pretty much like like Los did. If you look, if you were to look at our, our draft boards, you would pretty much see they're pretty much similar. Like we went, we pretty much have to since we know each other so much, we go the same way. I went wide receiver crazy, and I wanted to um, potentially get a starter with my top four pick in running back, and I think I, I possibly got one with DeAndre Swift. It wasn't the one I wanted. I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like. Looking back at it, I probably would have went Cam Akers, but I feel like um, we were – not no excuse, but I should have been more prepared. Uh, <laughs> I was just so in a rush to, like, draft, and I was just, like, thinking in the moment. But I like Cam Akers, like how Lowe said, because he went to – I think he went to a better situation than DeAndre Swift because I think Carrion still is so young that they're not going to give up on him. So it's, it's going to be a while before DeAndre Swift takes over. And I think Cam Akers is going to come in and just put all that DeAndre Henderson stock to, like, to rest. Daryl Henderson. Yeah, whatever his name is. I don't even know at this point. You know what I mean? And I so, hope he doesn't put Daryl Henderson to rest right away. I, I own him in a lot of places. I think he's going to be disappointed in Daryl Henderson. I kind of knew they were going to get a running back, too. Like, I've. I didn't think they were going to get him that. I didn't think he yeah, was. I, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. And I think if I would have just had a, a anyway. But I think DeAndre Swift in the long run will will provide something for me. But in the in the draft, I was looking for somebody that could potentially be a starter, like now. And I don't think I addressed that. And I think coming into this draft, I wanted to go running back crazy. And like like you said earlier, I think um, we were all disappointed a little bit with the landing spots of the running backs. So I think. I don't know. I just I, – I didn't, I didn't go as running back crazy as when we did the startup. I was like, okay, I'm going wide receiver crazy now, so I'm just going to go running backs in the rookie right. draft. And I didn't, like, complete that. So that's one of the things I um... – Womp, womp, womp. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to echo a lot of what you guys were saying. Our, our goal was the same thing. Um, going into the startup, we didn't want to take running backs early. We ended up taking a couple just because the way they fell. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we talked about on our previous show, uh, we took we took Derrick Henry, knowing full well that uh, after that we were going to try to get a rookie that not just a rookie running back that was a starter, but a rookie running back who could be a big boom kind of guy to kind of balance out that solid floor Derrick Henry brings to the game. That was our game plan going in. Now, at the same time, we wanted to trade back so that we can improve our second round pick. I didn't like being the 210. I wanted to be somewhere in the middle in the second round. Things fell through with uh, Carlos up there because he gets those rose-colored glasses on with his own players, and all of a sudden they're worth twice what they're worth in real life. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not true at all. <laughs> so, anyway, we ended up trading back all, all the way to the eight. Um, now, when we did that, this was before the NFL draft, mind you. Um, my thinking going into that was one of those five running backs was likely going to be available. I, I was expecting – Judy and Lamb both to be drafted in solid positions so they'd be picked earlier in in uh, our dynasty drafts didn't happen um so I was thinking I, much like you Carlos I was thinking CEH might fall to us even at eight somebody like that and I was happy with that uh, however things didn't exactly pan out and once the NFL draft went down us sitting at 108 I knew full well um that we weren't going to get any of those running backs so the conversation Bullfrog and I had was this we said hey we could either stretch and take uh, – we could take a running back that might start like Keyshawn Vaughn that we'd be eh with, or we can just try to get the best fucking receivers we can. If we can, if we can nail three receivers 
and three receivers or two receivers in the flex spot that are better than everybody else's, we can stream that second running back position and, and still do fine. So we did that. Um, we, we traded up to get our one and two receivers in the draft. Most people's, I think, one and two receivers in the draft. Uh, and it all went we, – we took Judy at eight. We took Jefferson at ten after we traded up to that spot. One and three. One and three. One and three. Oh, you think Lamb's better than that coming into this season? Not this season. We talk, I thought, so that, that'd be, so we're talking dynasty or like this season? Both. Like we want to win this year, but we also want to win next year and the year after that. I think, yeah, okay. But Gabe can't argue too much with that because he also drafted I did, I did the same. Jefferson I mean, over Steve Lamb. <laughs> You've been making mistakes all rookie draft, bro. Like, jeez. <laughs> if, if I'm a GM in the league, though, and I'm just picking a wide receiver for my team, I'm taking Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb. I like Jefferson. I like the way he plays. He does a lot of things better than CeeDee Lamb does. He's not as athletic. He's not the crazy freak that CeeDee is. Um, but, but, I mean, he watch him when he's not catching a pass or running a route. Like, he's way more interesting of a player, I think, than CeeDee Lamb. So, for me, he's got a better NFL career than Lamb just because of the, the things he does off the ball. So, that's why I we like him. I think his floor is definitely higher. Yes. Yeah, that, with that's his uh, yard after catchability with CeeDee Lamb, man, his ceiling is just enormous. Might take a while because it is, it is a lot of miles of feet out there. In Minnesota? He's in Minnesota, right? Yeah. In Minnesota? Uh, yeah. I mean, he – it's not, it's not a long fucking road to become the number one in Minnesota and the number one in Minnesota, as we've seen, if he's the number one in Minnesota and getting more targets by a third than the next guy, he's a top five receiver every year. That's just the way it goes on that offense right yeah. now. So we love them. So that, that, that's sort of how our strategy changed. We all three of us wanted a running back going in. So that's really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't get fucking Manny, but that is, that <laughs> is kind of what it is. All right. Um, Next question we've got here, it says, how did your strategy change after the NFL draft specifically? No, so not necessarily going into this draft and how the players were falling, but when we saw those running backs go to positions that weren't necessarily as good, did anything really spark in your mind saying, hey, I need to change the way that I'm going to approach um, from what I expected to happen in the, in the NFL draft? Um, I think we touched on it earlier. A lot of the landing spots, I think, like, we came into, I think everybody, like, fantasy, like, every, any any fantasy, quote-unquote, analyst came into this draft, like, this is one of the more deeper draft, rookie drafts of all time. But I think a lot of the landing spots disappointed, like you said earlier. I feel like we were expecting, like, some holy grail rookies to go to, like, these amazing places. But then, they, like, when it happened, it was just like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of some rumblings about that too, like before the draft even took place. Like there, we were thinking, like, is, how many good landing spots is there for running backs? Mm -hmm. I remember so, you said that earlier on, on an early episode. Like, it's only so many teams that need a running back. A running back, you know what I mean? Those, those teams didn't even fucking Miami, fucking Tampa. Bay, they didn't even do it. Atlanta, even the Falcons. I thought the, I thought we were definitely going to get a running back. Well, Tampa Bay got one. I mean, Vaughn is a nice prospect. Oh. He, ain't, he ain't one of those big fucking five. He, he, definitely, yeah, he definitely dropped he after the draft five. for a little bit. Exactly. I don't think they're just going to go away from Ronald Jones. Like, yeah, Jones sucks. He's in my top five now, Gabe, but he certainly wasn't in my Free top Jeff, five. He was in my top five. Who, Keyshawn Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the big thing for me is, uh, as I watch this, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but – this draft saw the least amount of running backs drafted since 1949. Did you guys know that? Wow. I think, it, I think in like 2012 or something, same amount of guys went. But other than that, 2000, or, or 1949, 
Uh, instead, what I thought was really interesting was the next couple of days, these undrafted free agent running backs, some guys that I had, I had graded really highly, landed in some spots that I think are really good fits for them. All of a sudden, I start thinking to myself, and Bullfrog and I were talking to each other about this, like I think some undrafted free agent running backs are going to have roles on their team early. Um, Mike Warren is a big Michael one. Michael Warren, yes. I mean, he's going to be the goal line guy out of the gates, and that's what Michael Warren does better than a lot of guys Come in there. I think uh, I, that was interesting to me. So, like, when we're talking about, hey, in this first round, let's just go wide receiver heavy, we also said there are guys in the later rounds, three, four, five, that we can get that could contribute potentially in that second running back streamer role. So, Another one was J.J. Taylor, too, for, um, that went to New oh, England. Yeah. He's going to fill that James White role probably when he retires. Yeah, he's a perfect fit. Or moves on from, yeah. That, that was the thing, right? We didn't see running backs – at the top end, go to good fits, I think. But after the draft was over, we saw undrafted free agent running backs that fit on the team they were signed to. They just make sense on the even mm. like James Robinson. I like in Jacksonville a whole lot. Um, I know Calais was drafted right at the end of the last round, but Raymond Calais uh, going to Tampa Bay as a back that could do a lot of work with Vaughn there. I think I think there's some good fits with these really late guys. Um, so that that made a big difference. That made us feel a lot better about taking Judy and Jefferson in that first round, knowing that we had options. options. Yeah. I think one thing that um, changed for me after the draft, like before the draft, I was kind of in a mind state that like if Judy or CeeDee Lamb went to a spot where they were going to get peppered with targets like um, Oakland or New York Jets, that I would be willing to move off of a running back and maybe target them and get the best receiver at, you know, 106 rather than getting the fifth best rookie running back. But, I mean, for Dynasty, I still like them as Dynasty players. But once they went to uh, – Judy went to um, Denver with Cortland Sutton out there. CeeDee Lamb went to Dallas with Gallup and Cooper. I kind of just made up my mind that I'm going to get a running back here, uh, some guy that's going to, you know, um, that I could put in my lineup immediately pretty much. I think to me, the best wide receiver landing spot going in was Philadelphia and Rager. Yes. And Rager's great, but he's not, he's not Judy. He's not Lamb. He's not even Jefferson, which yeah. was like, if you pair one of those guys there, yeah, he jumps into that top six easy, I think. I'm kind of torn on Rager because, you know, he, you know, he, he had the, the most uncatchable passes Did last he? year. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's kind of like he, he was handicapped you know, compared to those guys. Because if, if he was in the position that Judy and CeeDee Lamb was in, I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about him as, like, you know, the best receiver coming out. So I do not believe in none of that. <laughs> Jerry Judy is by far one of the best route runners I've ever seen come out of college football. You are not going yeah, to uh, yeah, by is. saying Jalen Rhaegar is in his, in his realm. Jalen Rhaegar is not in Jerry Judy's realm. I mean, the oh, NFL – NFL guys thought he was if they took him in the first round, bro. Like, he went, like, four picks after Judy. And that so. same team also took Jalen Hearns in the second round after they just gave Carson Wentz $100 million. Jalen Hurts, hey, that wasn't a – that's not a bad pick, but, you know, we're getting off topic here. Look, All right. I just want to say, I just, if, you yeah. go, if that's how you're going to justify that pick. I wouldn't, say he's, I wouldn't say he's in the tier that Judy and Lamb is. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if he was in their position in college that we were discussing him at, in that tier. His production would have been a lot better if he had. Yeah, exactly. That's For true. him to even be drafted as a first round pick with what he had to work with in college is let you know that. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not a supreme athlete. I, I believe that, but I was just disagreeing with the fact that you put his name. He's in that next tier for sure. Yeah. Yes, he's in the next tier. He's not. He's not Jerry Judy. 
And if we're talking about the NFL guys knowing what they're, they're, they're doing, like explain the rugs pick to me at 12. Bro. Hey, rugs is not a – I mean, I want to definitely want to drop to him over those guys. I got three the rugs. is not just a, a field stretcher. I got three words for you. Darius Hayward Bay. I don't still have the list, but I did a list. I don't, I don't remember even what fucking show I was on. I do too many of these these days. But I had a list of the best 40-time receivers, like the top 15. Uh, and I had heard of maybe two of them. Like, in the, yeah. like this is not a thing. Yeah. Fast fucking wide receivers. Who's not- the last fastest um, wide receiver in the league? Jay, John, Ross. John Ross was the last. Right. And what is he now? Yeah, he's. I think Ruggs does stuff Who's better than what these other that? guys does. Like he he gets off a of press easily. He he's could be used in a short intermediate area. He's not just a field stretcher like these other guys. He was a bad. He was a bad pick at twelve. You get. You that was a bad pick. pick at he definitely shouldn't have been the first pick. But he, I I I believe he deserved to be a first round receiver. In in fantasy too. Yeah and yeah, Ricky Jones. He's been going in the first round. I, I took him in the first round. I know I have. I will never spend my first I've seen round. Him in early, so I've seen him in early. So I've seen him in. I think I'm at 112 in a non-super flex league. I won't spend my first round pick on Henry Rose. I'll tell you that. Fuck no. I would. I would ser- seriously encourage my league mates to do it though. <laughs> yeah, I would seriously. I w- I want him off. The All board. right, we're gonna I'll see. I'll be sure to remember you guys. Yeah, if you're in any, if you're listening right now and you're in any of the rookie drafts that I've got coming up with you, dude, don't please don't take rugs because I want them so badly. Mm-hmm. Leave so them so badly. All right, next question, I want to do this. I want you guys to first just list for me the guys you did take your whole rookie roster, um, and then tell me if you had it to do over again. And, Gabe, you already kind of hit on this, so I'll let you start here. Um, <sighs> if you had it to do over again, what would you do differently? What did you fuck up at? Um, what do you what picks do you regret making or not making uh, based on where you were or what fell after you, that sort of thing? Yeah, man, like I said, man, I think I, I definitely wanted to come into this rookie draft and get more uh, running backs. I wanted to come in and get um, – I wanted. I knew I was going to get one of the top four running backs because I had a top four pick, but I wanted to at least come in and, on the back end and get uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. I wish he didn't go to Tampa before um, – like before the draft happened and he went to Tampa, of course that raised his stock up. But like I said before, I had him as a top five pick before even he went to Tampa. Um, I also was looking into uh, Michael uh, the third uh, that went to uh, Philadelphia that, that messed me up at the end too. I was hoping to catch one of those running backs at the end. I just didn't see any running backs in the second round that required me to spend that value on them to go up and get. So I went wide receiver without them, but I really wish I would have went running back. But I think I, I did what was best for me at the value at the time. So I'm not really like I'm disappointed that I didn't get as many running backs as I thought I was gonna get, but I'm not mad at what I got at those picks, if that makes sense to you. Everything you're saying is speaking to me. I agree with everything you just said, and I heard it all, I promise. <laughs> while Lowe's tells us his fuck ups, which it's gonna take a while, why don't you and I get to it? Because he fucked up. <laughs> nah, I, don't, I actually don't think I did. But um, <laughs> first I went uh, running back heavy, like I said I was going to do in this draft. Um, the only thing I probably would change, though, is um, Gibson. I like Gibson. That was my second-round target um, because Darius Geis hasn't been able to play a full season, and he has that – I think he has a high ceiling if he was thrust into a position to get volume. But I think that it was receivers that people really wanted, so I think I should have tried to trade back. Because I believe I still would have been able to get um, Gibson at like two eight two nine. So that's really the only thing I would have changed. 
But other than that, man, I think I think it went according to plan. You know what? Now that you're saying you should have traded back, it feels pretty obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. I, didn't, I hadn't considered it. But, yeah, all those guys that went right after you, T. Higgins, A.U., yeah. Chenault, uh, Pittman, all yeah. those guys are people that guys feel strongly about, right? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think Brian Edwards people feel strongly about, but I bet you could have gotten something. Jabbar does. Yeah, he has some truthers out there. I like Brian Edwards too. I'm, 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 I might be a Brian Edwards truther. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like Brian Edwards, but at 212, I don't like Brian Edwards. Oh, yeah. 212. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's a bad pick. Play a lot this year. <clears throat> I think. I think if you're if you're investing in the future, I like Brian Edwards over uh, AJ Dillon. Like if I if I had to choose between. Oh no! I'm all about AJ Dillon for dynasty. Look, both of the Green Bay Packers running backs are on contract years this year. And they're gonna let them both go. They're letting Aaron Jones go. He's not a Packer next year. I promise you. Hey, hey save me. Hey, pass me on the Eddie Lacy Jr. Hey, save that plate and you can have it. <laughs> Did you see AJ Dillon at the fucking combine? Did you see when Eddie Lacy was at Alabama? Yeah. All right. Yeah. The thing with AJ Dillon that gets me is like he doesn't play up to his. Dude, he size. plays like a little. He doesn't bit. play up to his size. He plays like he needs to do that more consistently in the NFL if he wants to succeed. Plays opinion. like a bitch. Plays like a bitch. However, there there is precedence for a guy playing like a bitch and then figuring it the shit out. Hmm. Um, the, it's the Derrick Henry story. You guys have heard the story, right? Everybody's heard the story by now. He fucking uh, gets on the. Uh, Derrick Henry first three years out looks like a bitch, right? Runs like a bitch. Runs straight up hesitant at the line of scrimmage gets on the phone with Eddie George says, why is this not working? Why am I failing in the NFL? Eddie George says to him, you need to impose your will on defenders. You're bigger and stronger and scarier than they are. Um, he comes out after that. It was like three weeks later, he had his 270 yard game, whatever the fuck it was. And he hadn't looked back ever since, right? Like you can figure that shit out. Definitely. So are you saying Eddie George is about to call AJ Dillon? I'm thinking AJ Dillon needs to get on the phone with Derrick Henry. And talk to him, and I guarantee you, Derrick Henry and AJ Dillon having a conversation this year. So, what if Aaron Jones comes out and has another ten plus touchdown year? So, right now, Spot Track has Aaron Jones' uh, estimated value next year at like twelve million dollars. Nobody pays the running back, but Carolina man, they're going to let Aaron Jones go if AJ Dillon is half a shit on the field this year. Uh, that's what they're doing. Like they're 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 picking this guy this year so that next year they don't have to pay Aaron Jones. Yeah, I still. That was still I'll, I'll, I'll put a shot bet on it if you don't believe me. I, I never I, thought I agree. That. I think he might walk. I, I really do think he. It's a great chance that he walks next year. But I mean, the running back class is pretty deep next year too. With you know, yeah. Chuba Hubbard staying, Najee Harris, Etn coming out. Like I love that Hubbard. They dude. Yeah, they could have. They could have got a running back next year. So it just was really weird. Their draft. They had a weird draft period. It feels a little bit like this is a, a trend taking hold in the NFL where teams are taking running backs a year before their current running backs leave so that they could pretty much throw away the first year of a rookie de- rookie contract. Uh, in the second year, they're ready to come out and start right away and they can release. And if they just keep doing this, it's like a three-year cycle where they're just I- – I- I'm seeing this yeah. happening in the yeah. NFL. That way you don't ever have to pay for anybody, but you're never starting a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – Fuck, that's shitty for all the running backs coming out. Dude, running backs are getting fucked, and that CBA yeah. comes out, and that CBA just made things worse and worse for running backs. They tried to they tried to get rid of like the fifth year option for backs, that didn't work. They couldn't do anything for for stud backs. Running backs are a, a disrespected breed. 
in the sports world. They're at a discount, like a, a, a major discount right now. It's disappointing. Do I have to talk uh, about my fuck-ups now? Did yeah. I do that yet? Uh, don't. You were pissing during the time where you were supposed to. Me pissing? No, man. I got a bladder. I got iron bladder, man. I got a, the bladder of a fucking 16-year-old. <laughs> That's not true. All right, so my fuck-ups are, 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 well, look, so we did make that trade. I talked about the trade. I had the 103. We mm-hmm. traded back. So the 103 ended up being CEH, who is the replacement for our running back two, Damian Williams, at least eventually. So it's easy to say we regret making that trade. Mm-hmm. But we landed Judy and we landed Jefferson. So it's, it, it's hard. You know, we made the best of it. And I think our team is better for having those two guys than it would be if we had CEH and Damian Williams. And that's all we had out of the first round. Like, I'll take the addition. Right? Like, I could be pissed about it, but we, we made the best of it. So I feel fine about everything we did. I think it was all perfect. Is that yeah. fair? That's good. Got to stay water, man. Got to stay water. They, I, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. You need to be more original, Carlos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> work, you, just work on that. Work on that. I, think, I still think you had a great draft. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get to that part later when I ask you who won the draft. But um, actually, let's, let's, let's do that right now. I want to know who you think had a really impressive draft, a little bit about why you think that person – won this rookie draft what kind of pick what picks they made where maybe why they fit their team whatever it is you want to say who did well who you starting with uh i will go with the uh, spotlight um he got cea uh Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Keyshawn Vaughn in the first round um two running backs i was high on and um then he got Chanot, who they said that they you know they said they plan to use him all over the field and with you know um Fournette there he might be more you even you know even more used next year if he's gone. So definitely like the Chanel pick uh, along with the other two running backs he got. That's uh, FF Spot- FF Spotlight. If you guys are looking for him, he's on Twitter. Pretty decent follow. I think he does some work for the uh, fantasy football astronauts or some sh- bunch of nerds on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, okay. it, course, our, our our style too was snake style. So to get two highly touted running backs, yeah, like snake style draft is is pretty good so so we traded him that 103 and that's how we use that 103 which which worked out well it worked out for everybody involved all right Gabe Gabe who won here I like the breezeway uh he he, I think he did a good job from one-on-one um not considering his team because I feel like he should have went a quarterback one-on-one but I mean I can't blame him for going for going Jonathan Taylor uh uh, he went Jonathan Taylor then he traded up and got um Raygard 2-2. I thought that was good. Um, and then he closed the round by getting in Bra- uh, Braden Edwards at 212. And I think that, well, like I said, I'm pretty high on Braylon Edwards. So I think he's getting a wide receiver, a top 15 wide receiver, a future top 15 wide receiver. And uh, and I think that Ooh. him going and trading up to get Jalen Edwards, I think he got two potential. What? Am I messing up his name, bro? Yes. Brian, you're saying Braylon. Braylon Edwards. And you you say- gotta say something. This is like a thing. I don't know if you listen to the listen to the <laughs> podcast, but this is like a thing. Like I mess up names, so you have to tell me. Or I'm because I see Carlos making the face. Like, I know I'm messing up, but like he usually he says something, but it's on like you. We'll let you go with it. It's fine. Braylon Edwards is a hell of a player out of Michigan, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole other player, bro. <laughs> 
You gotta tell me, bro. You Pour can't tequila me. for this motherfucker. Let's go. Pico de Drinko. But I um but no no, but seriously though, uh Brian Edwards. Yeah, you go. twelve. I'm, I like Brian Edwards. I think he's a potential uh, top fifteen wide receiver, and I think Jalen Ragar eventually will be a top fifteen. I'm not really that high on him as as some are, but I can see why he w- traded up to get him. And getting Jonathan Taylor, my, arguably my one hundred and one overall. I think he didn't come out the draft weak. You know what I'm saying? I wish he would have got a, a quarterback because I think his quarterback is the weakest part on his team. But I can't be mad at him if he's potentially planning to trade for a quarterback because like I said if you really want a player um somebody said this to us in one of our previous episodes it doesn't like just go get them you know what I'm saying if you really want somebody you can make a, the trade happen to go get them you might have to give up more than what somebody or like some draft calculator might think is too much but if you really wanted a quarterback you can make a trade that somebody can't refuse to get your quarterback to quote unquote win this year yeah like how I went out and traded for CMC and I won the year you know what I'm saying? You can go out and do that. I see you. I see you dropping that little humble brag. Nicely done. Humble brag. To, to your point, uh, Breezeway's quarterbacks are Big Ben and uh, Matt Stafford, right? So there's a chance that by week five, neither of them are playing. So there's a, there's a, there's a fair point to be made there that he should have done that. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. I, I think a few guys did a pretty good job. First of all, before I get into mine. And, and I want to also say that notes. you did a good job, too. I, you didn't let me get there. You cut me off. Okay, go ahead. I wanted to say also – that I put, Dewey's did a good job too. I think that drafting Jerry, Judy, Jefferson, and Lynn Bowden with your first three picks, I think Lynn Bowden is a sneaky pick that I also wish that uh, is one of my regret picks. I wish I would have went and got him, but you stole him from me. But <clears throat> but I think that, that was three great um, first round picks. I don't think you could have hit on three like better. Like If you was going to trade up in the rookie draft, I think that's what you go and get. I think you went and got Potentially, like you said before, uh, the next Stefan Diggs in that offense. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I can't fault you for that because I did the same thing. Um, <laughs> now, now Bowden um, wasn't our third pick. He was our fourth and, pick. We took Darrington Evans with our third for a reason. But mm-hmm. we did trade up in the in the middle of the third there to get Bowden. And after I made that trade, um, the next the next two guys, both of the people that was uh, – I guess that was spotlight in the match afterward, both messaged me and said – some shit about they wanted they want about in there so that, that was that was great and then my my sneaky pick that you did that i don't know if a lot of people like uh, the fantasy world is on it yet but michael pittman he went undrafted but you drafted him in the fifth and that was something because i think miles sanders is not michael warren like, michael warren michael warren yeah Pitt, pittman's a receiver <laughs> say it bro just say it bro <laughs> It's too much fun to let you go. <laughs> <Wait. laughs> but but you know what I'm all right. But yes, that's what I'm saying. But but he I think he is gonna be a sneaky running back that one of those running backs he'd be like, damn, I can't believe he didn't get drafted when we look back in like a couple of years, you're gonna be like, Wow, why did nobody draft him? Because even before, like looking at his tape going into the um draft, you see that he he just played at Cincinnati. That's that was the only reason probably why he didn't get like drafted at least in the first seven rounds yeah he he should have been taken so in my uh my running back rankings coming out of the combine going into the draft he was number eight on my list so he should have been taken but I will say that in that pick is our fit my fifth round pick our last pick Bullfrog and I spent about an hour and a half yelling at each other about this he didn't want anything to fucking do with Michael Warren a second and uh thankfully thankfully my name's on the team so I won but 
<laughs> I went out and picked him up everywhere. Like once I everywhere that I could, like once the draft, all rookie drafts was over, I went and picked him up. In he every goes, in every four round draft, which is the standard, I think, in most of mine it's just four rounds. In every four round draft, I go out and pick him up right after. It's it's yeah. easy. I will say the Eagles have probably the best success with undrafted free agent running back. So and 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 I feel like his route to volume is very small. Like if Miles Sanders goes down, I feel like he's in line to he's be getting, like Yeah, he'll get his anyway. But uh yeah, Boston Scott, who played fine last year, is not that not that threatening to me. Exactly. To me. All right. Um uh where are we? Who did a good job? I think Big Dog did a nice job. He was picking at the 102. And again, it's a snake draft for this rookie draft, so it's tough. But you know, he takes Burrow coming out he takes one of my favorite fucking guys in Michael Pittman after that AJ Dillon I just talked about it I think he's a starting running back in Green Bay next year um Isaiah Coulter who we'll see what happens he's in Houston so there's opportunity for him um in Houston and uh the assassin himself what's his first name Asi Asi um, I think is a really solid pick for a tight end like rookie tight ends don't really do much but if you're gonna take one you might as well take the Patriots first pick at the spot I think double F, double G did a nice job too at the 105. Got Dobbins, Higgins, McFarland, who I love fucking Anthony McFarland Jr. Going into the draft and coming out of the draft in Pittsburgh. I think he fights uh, with with uh, Benny Snell for that backup role. And I think he wins it because he's the highest effort running back of every running back taken in this draft class as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then James Conner gets hurt, which he always does. And McFarland gets uh, his opportunity. Um What's it, Tim? Tim? Is his first name Tim? What's Hightower's first name? Doesn't matter. Hightower, yeah. Hightower's a solid pick there. I think he's a uh, Philadelphia Eagle, right? Big, big body, big target. And uh, Alberto, it, with the last round, again, a solid pick. I know he's in Denver along with Fant, but if you're going to take a tight end, you might as well take a one that's an athletic freak. Spotlight did a good job. You already mentioned that. I do like the DPJ pick he picked in the fourth. Maybe DPJ's quarterback, the only of all fucking uh, combine participants not to get drafted or picked up after the draft, was uh, part of the reason he sucked ass so much last year. Maybe he's actually a good football player along with, like, a, an, an insanely proportioned human. Um, <laughs> like, I know – I so I know people gave him shit immediately for taking Keyshawn Vaughn where he did in the first, but like, Los, you said, like, Keyshawn Vaughn's good, a good player. Like, was yeah. that you? You like him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he's a starter there, right? I mean, J.K. Dobbins is not the starter, right? DeAndre Swift is not the fucking starter, but Keyshawn Vaughn comes in and I think starts day one. So I, I will say I, don't, I disagree that he starts day one because if you look back at uh, Bruce Aaron, he doesn't trust young backs, it seems like. With David Johnson, it took him like half the season to really take over. Yeah. Not saying that Keyshawn Vaughn is not going to take over. He's going to take over eventually, but I will pump the brakes on week one. Jones is trash. All right, week three. <laughs> week three. Week three. Right. Like, he let Peyton Barber take his job. So, exactly. I, don't, exactly. I don't fear anybody else taking his job. Like, I feel like it'll be pretty easy. All right, let's flip the script here. Let's talk on um, the other side. Who shit the bed here in this draft? Maybe it was a single pick. Maybe it was the whole strategy. Who did a fuck-ass horrible job? And, like I said, uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is a super stud. But when uh, you have two injury-prone quarterbacks in Stafford and uh, Big Ben, and then another quarterback whose A-dot was 6.1 last year, I'm thinking you got to go Burrow one-on-one all day, every day. Not a question. Automatic pick. 
Would you have forgiven uh, it if it was Tua? Would Tua have worked for you there if, if you're any quarterback, any quarterback you like? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is some Tua troopers that would have took him over Burrow. I'm not one of them, but I wouldn't have hated it if he did take Tua over, you know, Burrow. But yeah, I, I'm going with uh, Breezeway. Great pick, but I think he should have been by not getting Burrow, who could be a stud for the next 15 years. I think I shit the bed. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hold yourself accountable, bro? Like the balls here. I went, let's take a shot on. Let's take a shot on that. Yep. Let's take a shot on me shit in the bed. Shit in the bed. I think I went into it thinking that it was just the the, the the landing spots for the running backs really fucked me up, I believe. I went into it thinking like all these running backs were gonna like land at spots and I was just gonna be able to like have my picket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like once the first half of the running backs dried up, it was like do you fucking reach and go get Zach Moss, who I'm not like who I was previously not that high on before the draft, just because he's a running back, or do I go and get who I consider the best wide receiver still on the board? You know what I'm saying? But I feel like it could potentially it could have potentially messed up my like this season, but I feel like in the long run I did what was right for my team. But that's why I feel like I probably shit the bed. Like, if you was looking at my team, you'd be like, damn, he only got one running back out of his whole ordeal. He shit the bed. And so that's why I feel like I shit the bed. I know you said going into this thing, your whole thing was just like Lowe's, like I'm going to take a bunch of running backs. That was what it was. And you took Swift. The next three were receivers. Now, I will say, Brandon Ayuk, Van Jefferson, great fucking pick in the third. Great pick. And and Prochet, who – I mean, I don't love a Baltimore receiver, but I think he's what well, he was. He was the most productive college receiver this, uh, in the in the country last year. Mm-hmm. Um, inj- like not bad picks, like, but you definitely shit the bed for, as far as your strategy goes. I think it was just value at that point. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a sucker to my belief, and I believe that value over yeah. the play, like, over my that's, team. That's the player you know, available. I gotta. I can't. I can't. I can't trade for a need down the road. Exactly. If I, if I, like I said, if I, if I really want to run it back, I'll go and get one, which I probably will be getting one. Like if once the season progresses. Los, we take a shot. You hit your pen or whatever the fuck you do. Whatever you be doing. A lot of flavors in that vape pen. I know that about you. <laughs> um. All right. Who shit the bed? I've got. I've got some names. Let me find that spot. Uh. That. 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 Uh. Okay. I think Angie shit the bed. Okay. She. Now she picked at the twelve. She was at the back end turn, and her first turn I thought was really good. Um. She took Zach Moss and Herbert there. I love. Unlike you, Gabe, I loved Zach Moss going into this. I think Zach Moss had some skills that nobody else, um, in the entire country showed last year. I think along with. Devin Singletary, I got it right this time. He's a he's a great option. He's going to be on the field. Jordan Howard was a top 20 back in most fucking categories, and he only played 12 games or whatever it is last year. Moss takes that role on. Herbert is a solid choice at the 201. But after that, K.J. Hamler is a fucking bum who runs fast. Duvernay, I just said I do not like a fucking Baltimore receiver because Baltimore receivers don't get any love, and there were two rookies drafted last year there who the team likes and wants mm-hmm. to use. J.J. Taylor was a solid pick as the last pick in the draft, but I did not love her draft. I looked at these these picks, and that one stood out to me. Breezeway, like you said, Los, fucked it up not taking a quarterback. 
Um, even traded out of the round where both Jordan Love and Jacob Eason went. You can skip one of those early guys. I think Jacob Eason is a solid pick for somebody like him who, who will need a quarterback in two years. Doesn't mm. necessarily need one now as long as his guys stay healthy. But Eason is the guy he should have been targeting. Traded away those picks. Didn't want anything to do with it. So he fucked up. Um, Gabe, I wrote you down as well as somebody who shit the bed just because he didn't address the needs. Yes, Ayuk's a badass. Um, you could have taken A.J. Dillon. You know my love for Dillon. You could have taken – I just don't feel the same way about Dillon as you, man. Sure. You could have taken McFarlane in here. You could have taken Lynn Bowden, DJ Dallas. Even Eno Benjamin were all available. And I know they weren't the best players available. Um, but it, at some point – like I also ascribe to let's take the best player available. But at some point you have to balance team needs. If it, To me, if you go into this thing saying – I'm going to take this – I don't care how many receivers I have. I'm going to take another one because I can trade for running back later. Like, if you, if you could trade for a running back later, just fuck that. Do it now. You don't have to give up more than you can get. You know what I mean? That, mm. that's, that, that's sort of my difference. I know you can trade for somebody, but if you really are going to you, – you really want one guy or two guys that you're trading for, him, you're going to end up paying more than you would have in the draft, I think. Um, but it is what it is. Like, you made some good mm. picks. I love the Van Jefferson pick. I made that same pick earlier today in the third round which makes me like it more than i did when i wrote these notes but <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is all right all there. um let's hit you know let before we hit the next one i want to i want to have this conversation with you about dj dallas because i wrote in here that dj dallas is somebody that you should have taken and apparently no, no, no. You well, your previous episode yeah you said DJ Jalas was a shit running back. He that is, is what you said, quote, unquote. He is a shit running back. He was my 27th ranked running back. Going wow. Into here, here are my, running back? Here are my notes, okay? Uh, I, all caps, my first sentence says, very unremarkable. He looks lost on the field. I said he can't find a hole six inches to his left um, if, if the hole that he's supposed to run to is filled in. Uh, if the gap's plugged but if the play is called to a straight hole and there's a window there he's going to break it and he's going to uh, break some tackles along the way I think he's the dumbest one of the dumbest running backs in this class um, now to be fair to be fair his style of play fits really well in Seattle his landing spot was a great landing spot um, not only because his style of play goes really well with the team he's on but because Rashad Penny is going to start the season on the pup and Chris Carson, they say he's going to be healthy coming off. Was it his knee or was it his hip? Well, I don't know which, I don't remember which one did which. Yeah. Like major Chris surgery. With his hip. DJ yeah. Dallas will be on the field sometimes. So his landing spot is good, but I think he's a shit running back. He's also a great blocking block, blocker though. I will give him that too. He's a great and he blocks well. And that's a recipe for success to get on the field. Yeah. He's a great pass blocker. He leads the NCAA in, I think, what's it called? Uh, uh, contact contact balance. Okay. I don't um, think that's a quantifiable statistic. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, that means, like, after he gets hit, like, you know what I'm saying? Look, to that point, there's only one guy. It, no, there's two. There's, no, there's one. One guy in, the, in my group of 33 that I ranked that scored higher in contact balance. So you're not wrong there. It's not a quantifiable stat. You can't lead the nation in it, but he is right there. You're not wrong about that. I'm just saying. Two, he's a raw, he's a raw running back talent. I don't know if you know that or not, but he just converted to being a running back. So yeah. the, very raw in the position. 
but he's very physical and he um he runs how I wish AJ Dillon would run, to be honest with you. I wish AJ Dillon would run with the physicality that DJ Dallas runs with. Yeah, but he, he, he runs strong and, and a smaller guy. He's only two, 217 or whatever he is. I'll give him that, but he's fucking clueless and it shows. Like it may be a couple of you can years. Figure that out. You can figure that out in fantasy if you're scoring touchdowns. Yeah, you can, fig- you can figure that out. Like I said, Seattle's the only place to me that DJ Dallas becomes valuable. So, like, kudos to that team for picking a guy that runs the way, like Chris Carson undrafted because he was a shitty college running back, but he runs away. Like, he runs with reckless fucking abandon, and DJ Dallas is that guy. Like, you're not wrong about that. At the end of the day, he is a replaceable type running back. Like, he's not going to be one thing special. Six hundred. I just, I just took offense that he was a shit running back. I don't think he's a shit running back. I mean, he, he, he had six hundred fucking ninety three yards and six touchdowns as a running back. On a sorry Miami team too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that, but that's not a lot. You understand? It's not good. Six yards per carry though. I think, I think he turns heads when he gets in the NFL. Just because of where he is, literally. Just because of where he is, yes, just by me. But Landon's landing the spots is everything. Landing spots everything. So like that's somebody I think you should have. You should have. We look. We almost got DJ Dallas at the four oh nine today in our in our draft. I don't know how that happened, but we almost he he went at the four oh seven. We were sitting at four oh nine waiting for him. Come see me, uh, Gabe. I got I got DJ Dallas for you, bro. How much? We'll we'll talk. Wait, did you you did draft him? What about me? You're not gonna fucking you don't want to talk to me. I, I, you you said he was he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but in Seattle, it's a different fucking story. Not a bad not a bad third round pick. I um to be honest with you, I think the DJ Dallas pick for you is better than the Antonio Gibson pick for you. Really, you're not a big Gibson fan? No, I don't know. I don't not it's where he landed. That there's a lot of fucking running backs in it Washington. Is, is. Antonio Gibson is barely a running back. Yeah, I don't well, think I don't think is. Ron Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera is creative enough to use Antonio Gibson the way he needs to be used to be valuable. Yeah, that's true. Let's hit uh, this next question says simply, what is the best single pick in this draft? Looking rounds one through five. I I cheated. I picked three, but I see I'm not the only one. Um, What pick did you guys love? Me personally, I feel like getting CD lamb at one eleven is, I feel like that's the best value for CD Lamb I've seen in rookie drafts personally going uh, far. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I would go with the uh, – yeah, I, I like I said, I, I have more than one. It's kind of hard to just single them. Oh, are we going all of them at the same time or just – okay, so I got CD Lamb going at – I didn't know if we were going like one at a time or not. I got CD Lamb sh- One at- shot for every pick here you want to talk about. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> CD <laughs> Lamb. I got CeeDee Lamb going at 111. I got uh, Jacob Easton going at 311 in a super flex. I think that's a steal. Great. You pretty much got him in the fourth round. And I think, like I said before, I think Michael Warren going in the fifth round. I think that is a great pick for an undrafted uh, rookie um, running back who's potentially going to be fantasy relevant within the next two years. Because I think he's going to take – Boston Scott was relevant, and I believe he's going to outplay Boston Scott for that role. Agreed. That's my pick, so I'll take a shot for that one. Shots. Hit that, uh, hit that pipe, Los. What are you doing? Shot, shot. Is it a 
is it a pipe? What do you call a vape pen? Is it a pen? Like what yeah, do you call it? Just a vaporizer. <laughs> you got THC in it? Call it whatever you want. You call it a vaporizer? Yeah. You call it anything you want? Anything? No, 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 never mind. Never mind. I'll take that back. I forgot what I was talking to. That pole. <laughs> that pole, brother. What oils you got in it, bro? Uh, nah, not, not, none of that. None of that in here. Mm-hmm. Just, just uh, nicotine. It's not legal in Georgia. Exactly. It's not legal in Florida either. I don't partake because I'm a law abiding citizen. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Is is pot legal in Florida? Uh, medical. Medical. You have a, a a medical issue we need to know about? Uh, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> is your medical issue some DK Dallas love or? I can't eat or sleep, bro. So you know. It's quarantine, dude. Nobody can eat. My neck, my neck, my neck, and my back. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, my best single pick. Overall, I think getting uh, Justin Herbert, who was a top six pick, getting him at in the second round is straight up value for me. So I would think I would go with that as the best overall. Um, getting Pittman at two eleven was also a nice pick from a uh, big dog. Um, I don't know if y'all heard about Frank Wright talk about him, man, but he is was like head over heels for Pittman. Um, so I think he's gonna fit in perfectly with T.Y. Hill, and I think their skill sets complement each other. Um, and then Gabe getting Van Jefferson at 304 was also a great value. Um, Pitt, uh, Van Jefferson was drafted in the second round, I want to say, right? Yep. Yeah, so to get a, a second-round pick, um, second-round player who's going to come into the role, you know, that Brandon Cooks left, so you know he's going to, you know, see the, see the field. To get him in the third round is stupid. My Not only to mention that Van Jefferson is, I think, top two and route running. There you go. My, my only concern with Van Jefferson, and I just took him in a rookie draft in the third round as well, a little later, I think 309. But my only concern with him is this like, sure, Brandon Cooks leaves, but J- Van Jefferson does not do what Brandon Cooks does. Van Jefferson does exactly what Cooper Cup does. They are the same fucking guy to me. Um, and being on the field together, I think, is going to be a difficult. Uh, as far as volume goes, like, and, and, and the, the team that I took Van Jefferson, I have Cooper Cup, so that made it really tough for me to take, but you just can't pass up the talent. He's a talented kid, very NFL ready, I think. But in the third round, that's crazy. Yeah. I think he's NFL ready. He, I think he, it does remain to be seen if they're going to continue what they were doing down the stretch last year, which is involve, involving Higby more. Yeah. Because if they do that, then Van Jefferson, I think, is going to take a big hit. I don't think they need to involve Higby if Jefferson and Cooper Cup are both running over the middle. Like, yeah. But Higby was a monster last year. He was. Um, he's sitting behind Everett to start the season. Quote unquote, debatable. I like a couple of other <laughs> picks that I haven't mentioned. I also like the Eason pick. I think it was really good. In fact, I think in all the rookie drafts I've done, I think Jacob Eason is probably the best value going across the board. Like in every pick, every draft I'm at, I think to to be honest, in a dynasty, I think Eason should be going quarterback four behind Herbert. Just because he's going to he's going to have the first shot take over when Rivers leaves in two years, um, but I don't even think it's going to be two, bro. Yeah, it might be next year, but people are disrespecting him. He's going quarterback six all over the place, so I'm jumping on that everywhere. In in this, I took him at four oh nine in a four round uh, rookie draft today. I think he's the best value there is, and at three eleven, pretty good. I think Eno Benjamin at three nine is really good too. Look, Kenyon Drake, who is the starting running back in Arizona. Who is uh, wasn't he franchise tag? That's right, yeah. I think they signed him. It, it, yeah, it, did they transition tag or some shit like that? Yeah. So, so he's uh, we'll see about his future there. But the thing is, 
Last season, he came in late, but he only had two good games. Every other game was shit on this fucking team. Um, I think Eno Benjamin will have an opportunity to see the field and try to prove himself worthy this year. And I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the kind of coach who's going to say, hey, we're paying Kenyon Drake more. He's our starter. I think Kingsbury is going to roll with whoever makes it work. And if Eno Benjamin gets his opportunity and does something – and let, let, me, let me be clear about Eno Benjamin. I don't love Eno Benjamin coming into this. In fact, Benjamin is my running back 23. But the one thing I'll say about the kid is outside of Anthony McFarland, he, he puts forth the most effort on off plays the, in the country. So if he gets his chance, I think he'll win it. So at 3.9 going – after running backs that won't see the field at all. I think that was great. And DPJ, again, physically, you can't, you can't fucking top somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Can he perform? Who knows? But at 4-5, you're not taking a lot of risk for a potential nice reward. I think anything after the third round, you're just looking for upside. Yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Does, uh, what about Chase Edmonds? Because, you know, he's still in Arizona. Does that kind of worry you? For, uh, you know. Chase Edmonds has always and will only ever be an insurance policy in case everybody else gets hurt. Yeah. That's all he is. That's all he's ever been. He's fine. He's fine. Like he's not going to, he, he's the quarterback that won't lose you a game, but ain't going to win shit. Uh, except he's a running back, right? Like he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he ain't winning a job. He's not going to beat anybody out for a job. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about him. All right. Let me hit, hit me with the worst. I'm going to start because I haven't started yet. And it's my fucking show. Um, worst single pick in this draft. This is easy for me. Cole Komet. First of all, rookie tight ends aren't a thing. They never have been. They never will be. Rookie tight ends don't fucking produce for fantasy. Second year tight ends don't fucking produce for fantasy. This guy was taken at the 3.8 on a team that already had Noah Fant, Blake Jarwin, the starter in Dallas went out and got Gronk immediately after this draft was over. Foster Moreau in the startup, who, whatever, Foster Moreau's going to outperform Cole Komet, too. You wasted a third-round pick, and we just talked about a lot of third-round guys that are valuable taken in this draft. Um, I don't even remember who took them, but totally threw away their pick. Garbage. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I did. Went to, uh, Komet went to Chicago? Chicago. My fucking Bears. With 10 other tight ends there? Including the $8 million a year Jimmy fucking Graham. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I didn't like that one either. Tight ends are like off my radar in rookie drafts, unless it's like a very high profile. Yeah. Unless you're in the fifth round round and you're just trying to get somebody, like I got Eric Ebron, who's not going to be around for long, so I'll take one in the fifth round just to see in two years. What you got? Uh, I think me and Gabe actually have the same one. Hey, Joshua Kelly going at two three was gross. <laughs> Dude, horrible. <laughs> That's the same guy that got Le'Veon Bell in like the second round, um, in the startup too, right? <laughs> Can I argue this for a minute? Just for a minute, a little bit. Let me see. Let me see before I before I rebuttal it. Go ahead, Gabe. You listened to our last show. Did you listen to our last show? Uh-huh. When I dropped on Sunday. Yep. Okay, so. Um, Big Wiz does a stat of the week. Carlos, you've never listened to the show. We I listened to the first 30 minutes of your last show. We got a guy, his name is uh, Big Wiz, and he does a stat of the Austin week. Eckler stat of the week. I got it. He said, here's a stat of the week, okay? 
Over the last nine games, Eckler had seven carries or less, and I know Melvin Gordon was there, but here's the real kicker. In 13 of the games in the last season, Eckler averaged less than 3.3 yards per carry. Everybody's on Eckler's ass thinking he's the shit. The bottom line is Austin Eckler is the world's best complimentary back. He cannot carry a backfield, period. And, and, and Justin Jackson, if you think Justin Jackson is the guy that's going to fucking share that backfield, you're, you've, been, you've been fucking smoking that pole for way too goddamn long today, Los. Look, Joshua Kelly, who I think was really underrated going into this, I had Joshua Kelly as my 11th rated running back. Had a tough season last year, but I put that on his team two years ago. Really shined at UCLA. Um, I think he's better than most people give credit for, and I think he gets on the field a lot more than people expect here in, in year one even. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was a great pick at 2-3, but it's not nearly as bad as you guys are making it out to be. At 2-3, I think you have okay, – I got, I got a list here. Ruggs, Mims, Higgins, AU, a bunch of receivers coming after, but this is the guy – Arguably, the next class of what we say this is the wide receiver class of 2000. Like, this is the wide receiver draft, right? Yeah. I would say, yeah, you have arguably potentially coming up what I would say off, off just top of my head one, two, three, four, four possibly top 15 wide receivers that's coming within the next three to four years. Yeah. And I think when we're looking in the rookie drafts, that's what we're looking for. I feel like Josh. Joshua Kelly could be nothing more than a flash in the pad. Because I think – I know how you just disrespected Justin Jackson, but I don't think Trash. if you compare him and Justin Jackson, I don't think they're too – like, I don't think he's just that much better than Justin Jackson, if he is. You know what I'm saying? Because I actually believe that Justin Jackson is better than him, and I feel like Justin Jackson will take over that more of the Melvin Gordon role in that backfield. And I feel like at 2-3, if I'm going to go running back, I could have – like you, how um, Carlos said, this is a snake draft, so we're going back around. You could have got a running back. You could have got the Eno Smith if you wanted to. You know, I mean, not the Eno Smith, but the Eno Benjamin or something like that, and or the DJ Dallas or something like that if you were just looking for a running back. I feel like you were reaching for Justin, uh, Joshua Kelly. Before before the NFL draft, my my comp for Joshua Kelly was Melvin Gordon before the draft started. I think, oh. I think, he, I think he plays a lot like Melvin Gordon, and I think he can, you know, his production in college wasn't the same, but he didn't go to Wisconsin, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think Joshua Kelly can be – I think he'll be a surprise. I think he'll be a surprise to a lot of people. Should he have gone at 203? I don't know. But this is the same guy that had the had the 110 pick and traded that pick to me, um, picked up Devontae Parker. So whatever you think about Parker, uh, to, to him, when I, w- I was talking to this guy on the phone, he said Parker would fill his receiver role need. Um, and then he, he was left with a quarterback and uh running back need so uh maybe he just didn't want a receiver but i think kelly's better than people give him credit for and i think he's going to perform better than people expect yeah i definitely think kelly like i i do agree with you as far as um him being able to see the field alongside um austin eckler um you did mention that austin eckler um you said that his yards per carry were low um but you know that's not really what why austin eckler's valuable he's valuable because how much he's used in a passing game so, of course, that role is safe for him, I feel like. Um, I do believe that Joshua Kelly will compete with Justin Jackson for that Melvin Gordon-type role, and he has a good shot at winning it. 
But like Gabe said, just so many receivers that he passed up on and kind of like I feel like he made the same mistake I did in, as far as instead of getting Gibson there, I should have traded back. Instead of getting Kelly at 2-3, like he could have easily tra- – even if it was just for like another third – next year's second or next year's third round picks, just just get something because you're still going to get your guy if you move back. He could have traded out, and he could he could looked at Dylan. He could have looked at McFarland. He could have looked at a lot of those guys. So the trade down, got, the right he could have even got Joshua Kelly, I believe, in the third. He could have got him later if he just yeah. really wanted Joshua Kelly. He could have traded back and got Joshua Kelly because I don't think Joshua Kelly was just somebody that was just on everybody's radar. You know right. what I mean? Def, def, definitely not wrong about that. I think a trade back was probably the right call for him. Probably not a great pick, but. To be honest with you, I convinced him that he should pick Kelly so that he'd make the trade with me so I could get you. <laughs> That's how you do fantasy, folks. <laughs> I spent Look, I spent two hours on the phone with this guy trying to talk him into this trade. Um, and eventually I broke him down because nobody wants to hear my voice for that long, not even our listeners. Out, out of our hour and 15-minute episodes, most people listen for about 25 minutes, just like you, Carlos. Last <laughs> no. <laughs> Last question. I understand what I sound like, okay? I fucking no, it's, never, it's not you, bro. But <laughs> my wife told me, when I, when I proposed to my wife, she told me some version of, like, I will marry you even though you, you whistle your S's. You have a speech impediment, but I'll marry you anyway. Like, I, I know who I am, okay? I look like a Disney villain, and I sound like a fucking I got a lisp, all right? It is what it is, all right? I don't care. Let's, let's, let, let's, last question. You're fucking hilarious, bro. Let, it's <laughs> It's all real talk, man. I'm not making this shit up. If it's funny, it's because my life is hard. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take another shot. Last question I want to ask you guys. Whoa, fuck. Oops. Damn, it's the end. I got no, no, no. It's just a last oh, question. Who's going to win this league? Okay, I listed for us all the rosters, including three flex spots and a couple of guys that might be used as flex. Who's going to win this league after the startup we talked about on your show for an hour? We've been on this show talking about the rookies for an hour. Who is in the best spot right now? We know shit happens, but who's going to win right now? You mean other than me, right? Okay. Uh, who, who said that? Yeah. I, look, Carlos, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I loved we I think we all loved your startup draft. Okay. But there were, there's been another draft since, okay? Look, okay. can't fucking live and die off what you did a month ago. I got acres, baby. I mean that dude, hey. Hey, do you want to know where Cam Akers was in, in my in my rankings? Probably lower than he should have been. Before before the <laughs> com before the combine, Cam Akers was my running back thirteen. And then after the combine. He he came in right behind LaMichael P. Ryan at seven. Oh, wow. See, I kind of look at him like the uh, Jalen Regar running backs, man. He he had a horrible offensive line, and he still succeeded behind them to, to an extent. And he's going to another bad O-line, so it's not like he's nothing's really changing for him. So, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, he was one of my big five running backs. Definitely great. But anyway, I wasn't I, – I, I'm not going to talk about me. Um I with double F, double G. Um, I think he has super – his starting lineup is super solid. Um, he has um, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan at quarterback. Two solid quarterbacks to start with. And then at running back, he has Gurley, Mixon, Dobbins, and Eckler. Um, three of those guys David, at least. David Johnson. You got to mention David Johnson. Yeah. I, I included him in the death. In the death. I think David Johnson is probably his fifth best. As crazy as that sounds today – 
Like, I think he's probably his fifth best running back. Um, but as far as, like, you know, top-end talent at running back, he has it. Um, he has a solid receiver core with uh, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, and Adam Thielen. Um, really, of course, you know, Atlanta, I believe, is um, – they have some uh, – they're top – I want to say top of the league of most vacated targets with Austin Hooper leaving and um, Mohamed Sanu. And um, then, like I said, his depth, he has uh, DJ, um, Nick Foles for his QB3, Will Fuller, Sterling Shepard, Mike Will, and Higgins. So he has a great balance of players that he can play now and players that he might have to wait a year or two on, but that can flourish like Higgins um, once he steps into that starting role. So – Definitely like his uh, lineup. I think he's probably in the best position. So, so I'll, I'll I'll jump in here because I agree with you. I think he's his running back depth is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamara Mixon. I think DJ obviously Eckler and there he's got he's got so many pieces there that he's gonna. We have three flex spots in this league, so it's worth mentioning. He's gonna run a lot of those guys out there. I think his fifth best running back is J.K. Dobbins, just because he's not gonna play. But if J.K. Dobbins is your fifth best running back in his rookie season. Um, just imagine what next year is going to look like for this kid. It all, it's all hinging on what his quarterbacks can do because Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield are so up and down. Like if they can put it together and even between the two of them be average, I think he's going to be fine. If they both have shit years, which they've both had in the past, we'll see. I don't know that Atlanta, your boys did enough on the offensive line to really give Matt Ryan another huge season. But, um, if if between he and Baker they can do it, he's he's gonna be hard to stop. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we have two. Um, you know, our rookie we went heavy in our offensive line draft last year, um, and they they were injured pretty much all of last year. So them coming back and then two other guys we signed last year that I, I think we'll he'll turn it around this year, man. You know, Matt Ryan he has a, a a trend of you know having an on year and an off year, on year off year. So last year was his off year. So this might just be his um, on year. All right, Gabe, hold on a second. Give you one more shot to cap us off before you give us your uh, league winner. All right, cool. Uh, if you want to be, if you want to be a badass about it, take that joint, drop it in the shop, and then take the shot. <laughs> Negative shit, mate. <laughs> it's tequila. It'll kill anything in there. So damn, bro. I was, I guess, I was gonna go FFGG too, but I'll go some. I'll, I'll pick somebody else. I found somebody else team I like. Um, Please do. I like. Um, I like the Maj draft. I don't want to keep on going. Like, I know we both – well, y'all two both said y'all like FFGG's draft, so I'll just go and say I like the Maj draft. I don't think he necessarily killed the rookie draft per se, but I think he killed the startup draft, um, especially like we mentioned before on the previous episode with him um, trading to get Chris Godwin. I feel like he probably could have addressed the wide receiver um, situation a little bit better. But if Henry Ruggs turns out to be a fucking star – then I, I feel like he hit at that point. Yeah. Um, like we said before, I feel like he hit on all his running backs. He has arguably one of the best running back depth in the league. Um, and, and we all know how finicky the running back position is in fantasy football. One goes down every week, it feels like. And he has the depth to keep it um, to keep his rotation consistent. And I feel like if he just hits on any of his wide receivers, because that's probably like the weakest place of his um, – of his team in general, but if he hits on any of the wide receivers, I feel like his team is still in a in a in a in a, in a premier position. Other than my my team, of course. After after, after a couple of trades, 
Look, I'll say this about Dimash, right? If he doesn't do it this year, it ain't going to happen because Fournette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team, if it's not this year, it's not going to happen. I don't team, think. team just said they're not picking up his fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Jones is off of his team next year. Uh, Julian Edelman, one of his receivers. Uh, Curtis Samuel, if he doesn't get it done with Robbie Anderson there, he's going to become relegated to jack shit. He has, he has good running back depth, though, with David. No, but no. I feel like even if, even if these running backs go to other position, other places, they're yeah. going to have one or two years where they're the starter. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the way that the running back fucking situation is happening, maybe. Like, like when, you leave your, when you leave your original team, you walk into a committee because nobody's, like, going to pay you as much money to be a workhorse. That Melvin Gordon. What a gross time to be a running back in the NFL. Pretty bad. Pretty bad situation. Um, I see that nobody listed my team, and that's fine. Like, I'll, oh, I'll, you were second. I, I only wanted to give one. Sorry. <laughs> if everybody gave two, I'd be right. Fucking Just hate Derek Henry in the second round. I bet I make the playoffs. So you guys know all these people in this league already, right? Who won it last year? Who's who's who? Angie, Angie won the redraft year. Angie won the redraft. Okay. Look, be, before we're done, tell the people about what you're doing, where to find you. Um, tell them your grind. Uh, I, I, f- get them to your spot. Go ahead. Fantasy and session, man. We're just like, like, like we said before. Like, if you've been listening to the whole episode, just three guys from high school. We fucking talk about fantasy in group chats all day, every day. So we figure, why not bring it to a platform? And um, if you haven't got the memo by now, like, we don't look like the average fantasy like um, analyst in. I would say in the. Um, that's racist. You can't say that. You can't say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, if, if you look at if if you look at the landscape of, of 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 fantasy culture right now, there's not a lot of black like a lot of black people out there. You know, what I'm saying doing the fantasy thing, but we love fantasy football, and so we figure, you know, why not bring a little bit of the culture to fantasy? And we figure, you know, what I'm saying we have a lot to bring to the uh, to the table. I, I feel like we're pretty funny. I feel like we still get the point across as the same time as more like a like you're just chilling with your homeboys type of thing. You know what I'm saying? I see. We just three shit talking homeboys that mm-hmm. are just so happen to be fantasy addicts. Mm-hmm. And you can find us at Apple iTunes. Uh, you can find us at Spotify. Anywhere that you. We also have a website coming and we um, just started our YouTube page. What's, um, the, what's the site address? What, what, you got, what you guys get? It's going to be fan, uh, ffinsession.com. Ffinsession.com. And that should be up in the next few days. Another quick question while we're on the show and I have you held accountable. Uh, at what point did you plan to ask me to write for your website? Now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. We'll definitely, bro. You if you have an article, bro, just bro. I will. I will get you in touch with my agent. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, bro. Sounds good. We'll make something happen. Fuck them all. Before we leave, <laughs> um, wh- one last thing we like to do is uh, I like to ask my co-hosts uh, what they learned today. You guys got a lesson of the day for those people out there getting ready for a rookie draft. What is your lesson? of the day you want people to remember from this show if i could tell somebody to remember something from my show it would be my it's my fucking show <laughs> my show but your my fucking show. show your fucking show <laughs> Thank you. if i could tell somebody to remember something from your fucking show it would be i know like 
if you're looking at your team, you'd be like, man, I fucking need a running back right now, or I need a fucking X, whatever the fucking player is. But don't ever like let the value outplay what you need. You know what I'm saying? Because just because you need a running back, you could fucking go and get Joshua Kelly, who could potentially be a two-year, three-year running back in the league and fucking pass up on a T. Higgins who is going to be a wide receiver for the next 10-plus years in this league. You know what I'm saying? And I just think the value at all times takes over what the um, player player needs on your team. All right. All right. Always draft for value. That would, be my, that would be my takeaway. Always draft for value. You actually took mine. Bullshit. Wow. He took yours. Fuck, that's the easy I answer. was. I was. But, you know, if, if I learned anything from this show is to just go out there and have fun. Like, everybody is takes – I mean, and I'm one of them. I take fantasy serious. And even on the show, I try to be serious. But live life like Dweez, man. Don't give a fuck about what anybody says. Go get your guy and just have fun doing it, man. There you go. I like that. Live life like Dweez. I think our economy would collapse in a week if everybody lived like. We would have fun doing it. So we would have, it would be a anarchy, baby. I'm all about the goddamn anarchy. All right, boys. Um, I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you and all of our listeners to go ahead and fuck off because uh, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>